Hello and welcome to the SSE Electricity League podcast here on News Talk. It's Miss I can't believe I got that wrong. <laughs> Two years of Irish lessons and I can't say it's Misha Oshin. That's just, yeah, uh, it's Misha Daniel Kelly. Which is also your name on Twitter, it except is. for the Kelly part. Yeah. Uh, this week we're going to talk uh, Dundalk. What really? a shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah a, in a surprise a, That's turn. a wild one. And um, just in case you're paranoid or you're wondering, we do care about them more than any other club at the moment. They are the favourites. Yeah, they are. Uh, I think all 11 other teams are minutes. I wish, you know what, if my parents had just told my brother and sister that when we were growing up, Oshin is the favourite and that's that, it would have uncomplicated things. It would have left a lot less room for ambiguity. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't have been left wondering. I think it's important to be clear. But that's why you don't talk to your brother Dundalk have done a standout thing in the last couple of weeks, so we have talked about them an awful lot. And they deserve it. Absolutely. Despite them uh, being losers now, I think it's very drawers. The days lose over. And they lost over two legs. Yeah, but only because the ref rhythm. It's <laughs> great to do a podcast. You can say stuff like that. <laughs> this is the internet. We can say what we want. Um, we will talk about Dundalk, but we will also talk about Derry City because Kenny Shields, their manager, has said that they are not title challengers, and only a title challenger would, would say, say that. that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what are they, three points off Dundalk uh, at the moment? Three points, but they have played three games more. So what we're saying is, is even when we're not talking about Dundalk, we're still kind of talking about exactly. Dundalk. So we'll say Dundalk are three points ahead of some team in second place, and we'll be talking about that team who are three points behind Dundalk with three games more played than Dundalk in a few minutes' time. Yeah, coming up uh, more on the A and other clubs, but first uh, Dundalk, as we speak, it's Wednesday. They were playing uh, Legia Warsaw last night in the Champions League playoff round, second leg. Obviously, you know at this stage they drew 1-0, which means they lost 3-1 on on aggregate uh, Mark McCadden of the Irish Daily Star was at the game he's standing by in Warsaw to speak to us uh, first though here is the reaction of Dundalk manager Stephen Kenny speaking to TV3 fans as well we probably losing Kieran Kilduff was a big blow to us this week and Stephen O'Donnell obviously him too and I was missing those games there's two players from our squad who would make a big impact um, but I can't fault any of the players that played they, they absolutely were terrific Stephen Kenny speaking to TV3 after the well draw against Legia, but the loss overall. First things first, Mark. There's a lot to be proud of from the Dundalk point of view as this part of the journey ends. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, last night's performance was was, was incredible. So many players um, produced games of their lives. Andy Boyle, Roland Finn was was outstanding. Um, just just you know filling in for. Um, I suppose himself and Robbie Benson were both kind of stepped up to the plate to fill in for the absence of Stephen O'Donnell. Um, yeah, this was a, a, a game where, as Stephen mentioned afterwards, the, no one gave Dundalk a, a, a chance going over. And yet there was this incredible belief within the squad and within the coaching staff that they could turn things around. Um, and, it, you know, you got the feeling talking to them before the game. Uh, the day before the game, that it wasn't just you know uh, talk. It, it was it, it, genuinely they felt that they could do it. Um, and then when they got that early goal, I mean, wow! Uh, and what a goal! Um, it, it all of a sudden, you know, I suppose the rest of us started to believe. Um, it's it's it, it's 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 hard, it, it, it's heartbreaking that 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 it ended the way it did. And and you know you could you could see the. The, the, the anguish and the upset in the players' eyes, and, and you could hear it in their voices afterwards um, down the tunnel. It because you know they had this because the performance was so good, and, and it probably deserved more than than to concede an injury time equaliser. 
Um, yes, look, you can only you can only but be in awe of what they of what they've achieved so far. And like you said, it's 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 still just midway. I suppose the midway point. They've played six games. They've at least six more games left, and now they're already talking about um, progressing to the last thirty-two, the Europa League. That will be a bit of a challenge, won't it? I mean, you look at some of the teams they could get, Manchester United among them, Inter Milan among them. We saw how tough it was for Shamrock Rovers. A great achievement, but it's just another step up, isn't it? Oh, it's massive. I mean, I'm just looking at the, the what is likely to be the, the seedings and, and, I mean, just you could pick out a, a, a group where they could get Manchester United, they could get Feyenoord uh, as as third seeds um, and... and uh, Let's see, you could get uh, Pauk or Fernabache uh, or Genk, the team that saw of Cork City, um, a second seed. So, yeah, it's, it's it's incredibly tough. But, you know, they've they've done it against Bate Borisov. Um, they've done it again against Legia Warsaw, where they've, where they've um, you know, they've raised their game. And, and they've shown both uh, the discipline to, to um, I suppose, stifle, you know, superior opponents, opponents packed with international players um, and then the ability to create chances of their own so you know I'd, be, I'd, I'd certainly be looking at this campaign and thinking um, while Rovers while Shamrock Rovers got into the group stages five years ago and and uh, you know that was a great achievement they they lost their six games I'd certainly be looking at this Dundalk side and thinking they can pick up a, a couple of points and, and, and bring it on uh, even further Mark, as you mentioned there with Shamrock Rovers, obviously they were the first team to do, to get into the Europa League group stages and to be fair to them for how good the achievement was, they probably were a little bit out of their depth. Last night, uh, Stephen O'Donnell on TV3 was sounding very confident that instead of hoping to uh, gain points, he expects to gain points in these six games. And the level of this Dundalk team compared to the Shamrock Rovers team of a few years ago, it certainly seems to be that Dundalk are by far the better team and are probably better equipped to perform well in Europe. I think so. I mean, the, the football they play is is definitely suited to um, the, the Europe to, to playing in Europe and playing in Europe against teams of of the level that they've played against so far, like Bate and Legia Warsaw. Like, I mean, again, obviously we have to see um, if they can make this step up again because you know with each level the, the standard rises and and there are some phenomenal teams in in the that will be in in the opposite or opposite them in the draw. Um, but again, you talk about confidence, and, and that's a huge thing. Um, it was you, you can't you can't um, say say enough about the, 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 what Stephen Kenny does in in the confines of that dressing room to make the players believe that they are, as they keep saying, ten feet tall. Um, that's that's what he does. That's one of his incredible uh, uh, attributes as a manager. And I, I'm sure even if they're they're going out against Manchester United or Trafford, they would feel like they have a, a chance to 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 get 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 a point or get points against them. Um, it, it's it's going to be an incredibly difficult challenge. But you know, this side, the the the, the more you the more obstacles you put in their way, that the more determined uh, they are to to overcome them. Mark, obviously, as we speak, you're in Warsaw, so no doubt you did not hear Stuart Byrne speak to off the ball last night. He was on after the game. He spoke to Adrian about what needs to happen now from a Dundalk point of view on the pitch, but also an investment point of view from the Dundalk side and maybe even the FAI side. This is a, just a, a smidgen of what he had to say. I just reiterate that that you know this the game needs needs investment now. It needs that because the the product is there, the quality is there. What it lacks is the um 
the backing of, of money, real hard cash to develop resources, stadiums, to bring this league to where it needs to be. But just going back, sorry, to yeah. just to where Dundalk find themselves now, going back down into the Europa League, I think they can go forward with confidence and I think they need to be looking at trying to get through. I really do. I mean, I t- I, you know, at the very least, um, I wanted them to win this game tonight because it would have given them huge confidence, experience, uh, being able to deal uh, with a... Um, quality teams in um, away from home uh, would have given them huge experience going into the Europa League you know they can go into that in, in, into that those group stages knowing that they are as good as anyone there they're there on merit mm. they're very unlucky not to get through to um, um, a, a Champions League um, group stages but you know go forward and, 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 and be confident and look to get through to, look to get through this group So he's very confident about Dundalk but what about funding and giving clubs the resources they need to compete at this level on a regular basis. We all know about Iceland in the last couple of days. Something like 25% of their revenue made from Euro 2016 is going back to 47 clubs. This is what Stewie had to say about that. This statement reads that 3.5 million is to be is to be distributed amongst 47 clubs. We have mm. nothing like that amount no. of clubs here. No. Can you imagine what those funds... I mean, you're talking about football. Clubs in Iceland are receiving something in the region of... The highest would be 130,000, 140,000 ever. Can you imagine... The Irish clubs receiving those funds. Yeah, I don't know. The, the FAI didn't get quite the fourteen million. Obviously, that uh, Iceland would have received. No, but my my understanding it was eleven or twelve. Yeah, I think it was in that direction. So we're not we're, we're not a million miles away here. Mm. Um, and those funds are would make a dramatic change um, to the environment here, um, and, and 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 would be a, a huge boost to football. But um, that's the difference, Adrian. That's the difference. What we see between other other associations and our own association. You know that transparency, that communication. That willingness to 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 um, to, to um, invest in, in in the national league, that will that you know that willingness to drive it forward, um, constantly looking for progression. Mark McCadden still with us on the SSE or Tricity League podcast here on News Talk. Hard to agree with Stewie's um, or hard to disagree, I should say, with Stewie's comments there on off the ball. Uh, speaking with Adrian Barry. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, you know, you just have to stand back and applaud what the Icelandic FA have done. Um, Unfortunately, we're in a situation where the FAI is saddled with massive debt, um, and and you know, you, you, Irish clubs um, are, get a real raw deal in terms of you know the money that they fork out themselves in, in in affiliation fees and you know silly fines that that that's, that are um, uh, uh, hit, that that they're hit with. Um, How dare you say that, Mark? We're so fining we, you for that. <laughs> there you go. I mean, Jesus, like, I, I remember. Um, uh, doing Roddy uh, column with Roddy earlier in the year, and he, he got a, a 1500 quid fine. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's been fined before for comments he made on News Talk. If this um, is the stuff that that you're able to print from Roddy, what can't you print? <laughs> that's a, that's in the book. That's going to be in the book. <laughs> um, some book. Oh, it's, it's going to be a bestseller. Um, but look, you know, so we, we I suppose we need to look elsewhere. Um, uh, because, uh, like I said, of the debt that the FBI is 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 is, is saddled with um, we can't really be uh, relying on them to, to provide the funding that the that clubs and the, that this the, this league and, and the players involved need um, so and, and my thinking on it is you know Dundalk have, have come within a whisker of, of Champions League group stage football and then millions and millions and millions first. I mean you were looking at a minimum 14 million I think if they if they progressed last night they're still going to come away with 6 million minimum 
um, from from this campaign and get into the Europa League group stages. Obviously, every point that they get in the Europa League group stage is worth money as well. So that's that's going to be crucial. Just in terms of that's you know one reason why they should be picking up as many points as possible. But for people in this in this country and beyond with money to see the investment that has been made in Dundalk, the the, the, the tiny tiny. Yeah turnover and, and money that that's been put into the club and see how close they've gotten to group stage football. You'd hope that that might make people kind of sit up and think, well, hold on a second. If I, you know, I'm a rich businessman or business person, if I, um, instead of investing in a League 1 or League 2 club in England, I have this route to European football here in Ireland. And, and, and perhaps, you know, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being a little uh, yeah. kind of over-optimistic here or what have you, or naive, but, you know, if, if there was someone who, who kind of took note and said, well, you know, it, it actually wouldn't cost me a huge amount of money to, yeah. to get an Irish club to, or to fund, finance an Irish club so that they, they get, the group st- to get to the group stages, maybe yeah. that's uh, a, a something that will come out of this long term. Mark, I know you're in a bit of a rush to catch a flight. I do appreciate you speaking to us here on the Dundalk podcast. Sorry, the SSE or Tristy League uh, podcast. Uh, I believe Dan has a question about other clubs that aren't Dundalk. Yeah. Wow. Mark, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're at the point now where we're seeing Dundalk have, uh, from the European run, at least 10 extra games than they would have, uh, may have scheduled for. Uh, they have a, they're doing well in the Cup. Where does this leave Cork and Derry that they can now focus on just the league in the Cup where Dundalk have these extra... Uh, they've at least an extra eight games compared to those teams. Well, it's, that's certainly a question that would have um, worried Dundalk fans um, prior to, I suppose, Cork uh, failing to capitalise on on Dundalk's back-to-back defeats um, a couple of, a couple of weeks back against Galway and Bray. So, um, it, obviously, it does give uh, Cork and Derry an edge. Um, it does give them the opportunity to to maybe you know capitalise in future on any slip-ups. Um, but so far, uh, certainly Cork haven't done it. I know Derry have 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 managed to to kind of sneak into second place, but um, it, it's going to be it's going to be really demanding on on Dundalk with the uh, shallow squad that they have, and Stephen Kenny is is going to have to bring in players, and I believe he's on the verge of doing so uh, with a couple of players. Um, so yes, yeah, it's 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 all about squad squad and player management now from Dundalk's point of view. I mean, Shamrock Rovers in 2011 obviously won the league while they were competing in Europe, but Michael O'Neill had a massive squad there and could rotate and and uh, rest players when he needed to. Um, so yeah, this is this is uh, an op- it is clearly an opportunity for Dundalk and Derry to to really put pressure on Dundalk in the league. But like I said, so far uh, certainly Cork haven't. I know Alan Keane and Kenny Shields' son, whose name escapes me. I think it was James have been mentioned as yeah. as, uh, as players who could be heading to Dundalk. That's so. That's two players that Kenny might be bringing in. Do you think he needs maybe a handful of players to cope with all these competitions? Yeah, I think last night uh, showed that he needs another striker. Um, Karen Cuduff unfortunately picked up an injury in training last Saturday and and couldn't make the the trip. Um, and and so Kenny was had to bring on a, a teenager, uh, Michael O'Connor, who's an absolutely outstanding prospect. You know, but um, you, you you can't really be turned to a teenager at this uh, in a game as, as as important as last night's. Um, so he does he does need a striker and possibly uh, maybe another or an option or two on the wings um, because you know Daryl Hogan has been outstanding, Patrick McElhenney you know, can play in the wing as well. Um, but it's just it's about getting some depth now so, so that there so that he has opportunities to give the likes of Hogan, McElhenney, Mountney um, uh, a rest. 
Okay, Mark McCadden, thank you very much for joining us from Warsaw. Appreciate your time and uh, we'll catch up with you again on the SSE or Tristy League podcast here on News Talk where we talk mostly Dundalk but other clubs too. I look forward to it. Take care. Mark McCadden of the Irish Daily Star speaking to the SSE or Tristy League podcast. Literally just there. We didn't talk to him this morning and then come back and record the link out of it a couple of hours later. No, that's not what happened. That's not how we do it. We do everything from point A to point B in a straight line. We do everything by the book. By book. The podcasting book. You know I just inserted bye bye book from The Simpsons in there. Oh sorry, obviously yeah, because I did hear that as it No, happened. well you know that because it, we inserted it yeah. as we went because that's how this that's, works. That's how just this like radio. Liam Coyle is a legend, is that fair to say? I think it's very fair to say he's a uh, former Derry City striker, former Finn Harp striker, obviously more beloved in Derry than anywhere else. But when you look at Heroes of the League and even Cold Heroes, I think it's fair to call him that. One uh, cap for Northern Ireland should have been more Sven Goran Eriksson when he was in charge of Benfica, wanted to sign him. Apparently, Manchester United also looking at the time and then just horrendous luck, picked up a knee injury and had to retire. Now, came back a couple of years later, but what a career in any case. And uh, when I tweeted earlier on that Liam Coy was going to be on the show, Kevin Doherty, former Shells manager, former Shelburne defender. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast and a man who gets injury because remember, he was on the cusp of the Liverpool first team when he broke his leg. His tweeted, femur, the biggest the biggest bone in the leg. That's this right, the most important like, bone This in the isn't leg. just a little tibia or fibia here. Exactly. Yeah. his femur. He tweeted that he was the best that he ever came up against, Liam Coyle. I think that's fair enough praise. Yeah, and he said he was just quality. That's the best word any footballer can use to describe another footballer not, quality not top notch no top, well, that's top two notch. words top of the that's drawer three words top drawer that's about five or six words okay uh, okay Liam Coyle is standing by but first let's remind our, ourselves of one of his great moments uh, this is from 2002 it's the cup final Derry against Shamrock Rovers uh, take it away Pat Dolan and George Hamilton who's I'm led to believe having no trouble getting back from Brazil unlike Richie swung in on the breeze Richie Byrne met it that's there! Liam Coyle has put Derry City in front. And the grand old man of the Derry City team scores in the second minute of the second half. Well, some players are just born with a gift. There you see it there. You know, that's why they love him. Liam, first things first, how did it feel when you found out George Hamilton called you an old man? I was just thinking about that. I was just, just saying, yeah, apart, from, apart from George saying that, it was, it was going, going so well there, you know. That was but, one, uh, no, it brings back great memories. It was one of your trademark goals, that from the Cup Final of 2002. And that was kind of a strange season because that was when we were switching from winter to summer football. But look, a Cup Final is a Cup Final is a Cup Final. And that one was a bit special, as all Cup Finals are, I know, but... Even more special for you because you'd gone through a few of them without scoring. Did that weigh on your mind going into that game? Um, it, it did, I have to say, because I, I played in uh, something like six, seven cup finals or something between uh, the North and South. And uh, I scored in a few semi finals but never scored in a final. And uh, obviously, be thinking because you, when you're getting near the end of your career, you're thinking you might never get another chance. And thankfully, uh, I, was, I was able to. They rectify all the, the previous ones before that and get the winner. And it was kind of a strange moment because obviously we heard the description of the goal, but it was the TV commentary. So people, you know, they mightn't realise that Martin took a slash at the ball and he didn't really catch it right. And you had to kind of instinctively react. Well, that's it. It was like, like Kieran had, a, had a, as you say, had a, a swipe at it and it sort of came over my shoulder. I was at the near post 
which always stood for from set pieces. We tried to work on set pieces like that. And uh, as it came over my shoulder, I just was just hooked it because I knew Tony O'Dowd had come across sort of near, near post as well, and I knew if I get enough good contact on it, it would probably go on like. But uh, obviously, hoping if I didn't, somebody may come on the back post. But uh, it was it was, and, and I don't even think I've seen it hit in the back of the net because it was facing the other way. Look, when we knew you, we were going to have you on, and we're going to talk to you about Derry's current season and whether or not they can mount a title challenge. Obviously, we we googled you. We went searching for information about you, and we came up with um, we came across all these great stories about you and clips of all the great goals you scored and people saying nice things about you. Um, but you yourself have said that you weren't a natural goal scorer. You didn't consider yourself an out and out striker. No, I, I never was. I, I was always somebody I'd like to come uh, deep and. And like I, I played uh, junior football growing up, like I played midfield and I played behind the striker. I wasn't really number nine as, as such, like you know, because I wasn't blessed with the the with a lot of pace, like so I had to play a different kind of way. And um, I always I always seemed to manage to get a, a spectacular goal here and there, like you know what I mean. But it was never a fifteen twenty goal a season, man. You're the kind of player who always stands out in this league because I suppose it's known to be physical and fast. But guys who can use the ball well are a rarity. Uh, is that something that you kind of knew throughout your career? Is that something that you realised that was different about you as compared to most other players in the League of Ireland and maybe most leagues as well? Well, well, it was I say because like when I when I started playing, like you know, it was it was a really physical, tough league. You know, it was everybody was six foot two, six foot three to centre forwards. You know, and the only one I could really Compare myself at that time would have been probably Jackie Jameson to play with Bose. Um, you know, he sort of played a similar type of game, and, and not that I based myself on him, but we were we were different because it was always big target men in, in the League of Ireland, and you know, holding the ball up. And I like to turn, I like to do you know a few tricks and a few nutmegs and stuff like that, and and. Uh, but growing up, that was just the way I played, and it was just it was just it came natural to me playing that way. Um, is there anyone in the league at the moment who you kind of think you know what he reminds me a bit of me? Um, <laughs> no, there's not a have to say like you know what I mean. There's, I think everybody plays the same kind of football now at the minute. You know, they're all playing the same systems. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's nobody really plays that position where you know they're coming off the front man and they're linking up play and they're. They're dropping and they're playing passes, and I think there's there's good players about, but there's I don't think there's anybody plays really like that at the moment. Liam, I know you've mentioned there about the different styles, but if I if we now played a bit of devil's advocate and I was able to offer you a game in the League of Ireland with one team uh, this Friday evening, who would you play with? Who would I play with yes. uh, as as of now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I said to you now, we, uh, you can you can come back for one game only in the League of Ireland. What team would you want to play with from uh, from what you've seen this season? Well, obviously, you know, everybody looks at Dundalk and what they've done. But if, if it was me, and you know, I would still love to play with Derry City. Like you know, I think uh, I think they would be a, be a great for for any player playing now at the moment or past the present for Derry now because they've so much energy and. Uh, they knock the ball about well they keep it well and you know for me like I, I would still love to turn out for Gary I mean, especially at the minute the way they're playing and the way you played it didn't really rely on pace so maybe you still could you've made a comeback before well well, well that's the thing about it every, every time I go to Vando every week somebody says me get your boots on you know so it's 
obviously they obviously think strongly, but that's that's just the way it is. I think every every player is the same. You know, we all like to think we played in better eras and we better better times, but it's. It's just your it's your own preference, and it's, it's you just you just do have fond memories of the time you played. Yeah, Liam. Obviously, we asked you on to talk about uh, Derry City in their current form and their possible title challenge. This is Kenny Shields from a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, uh, speaking after a scoreless draw with uh, Cork City. And the reason I'm playing this is because early in the season we played a lot of. Kenny Shields audio um, Dundalk have kind of taken it over in the last couple of weeks given what they've done and maybe Cork City as well so we haven't heard from Kenny in quite some time so this is a kind of a reminder to those who maybe haven't heard a whole pile from Derry or or maybe don't really follow kind of Derry week to week as to what Kenny Shields is like and his forthright honesty this is um, him on Cork City and the style they played in the scoreless draw a couple of weeks back Was it a fair result? I think we were the team that was trying to be creative and with some invention in our play and theirs was more percentage football and uh, I think because of our courage and the ball I thought we deserved to win Kenny Shields there Liam um, what do you make of his management style what do you make of the job he's doing well he's, he's, he's doing a really good job when, considering what, when, what do you think Derry have gone through the last couple of years you know the first of the Roddy Collins appointment that doesn't work out. Peter Hutton's come in. That doesn't work out, and things were really at a, at a low point uh, in, in the club's uh, history in the League, League of Ireland. Kenny's come in, and even after the first match, there was a lot of doom and gloom about that. The Sunhurst uh, beat there in the first game, but he's he's really turned it around. He's he's brought on a few good signings. He's put his faith uh, in a lot of young players coming through the, the youth system. And and to be fair, I think it's 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 worked out so far. You know, he's he's done a really good job. They're unbeaten now since the 5-0 loss to uh, Dundalk on the 1st of July. So it doesn't matter what part of the season you're in. If you're unbeaten in six games, you're clearly doing well. What do you think he's brought to the team that, uh, from what you mentioned, was a slow start uh, a, a slow start to the season? Well, one, one thing about Kenny, I, I don't know Kenny, I have to say, I don't know Kenny that well. I spoke to him a couple of times, but talking to people about the club, he's very well organised. Likes his players to be super fit. You know, and, um, he has a man three, four times a week. He's he's the first one in in the morning, the last one out at night. He puts a hell of a lot of work on the preparing these teams for games. And he knew, you know, after the first game, it was a difficult game because the pitch was poor at Fun Park, and he was coming on being a new uh, team trying to uh, blend a few new players. And but they, they get under a bit of a role, they get under a bit of momentum, and they, they've kept it going. And I have to say, all the young lads he's brought in. And the signings he's made of all work, which doesn't always happen like that. You know, he's just sort of got a perfect storm at the moment where everything's going well for him. And as as we know, down the years, it doesn't always work like that. But for now, you know, for dairy fans, after what they've had to watch the last couple of years, I think it's, uh, you know, it's just just great for the NBC that the, the team doing well. There was reports earlier this month and even at the end of last month that uh, Paddy McCourt might have been coming back but Kenny Shields came out and said that we, uh, he had so much faith in the in the youth players and uh, you've already mentioned that there. How how sort of pleasing is that to see for Derry that the team is full of a lot of local players that they, they can get behind this team and that sort of Kenny is trying to do things the right way for a better word? Well, he's always he's, he's always had a of a reputation anywhere he's managed. You know, from either Carrick Rangers, Coleraine, Ballymena, and he's went to Kilmarnock in Scotland, teams like that, where he does like young players because he knows he can mould them. He can mould them under the way he plays, 
Um, he brings in two, three, four experienced players. They mightn't want to play like that. They mightn't want to play their own way. But the young, the, the, the young players he's brought on have really brought on to what he's doing. And the one thing is he wants them to be. He wants them to be fit. He wants them to be, to be disciplined. And he wants them working hard. And that's the, the, the three main things that he's, he's looking for in his team. And the young players have really bought onto the way he's playing. So, you know, you can't, you can't knock him for not bringing Paddy McCourt. Me personally, I would have brought Paddy in a heartbeat, but he's the one that, he's the manager later on down the line that might not work out. So you've got to go. If the club hadn't been sitting second from bottom and he hadn't brought him, you would have questioned it, but they're sitting second in the league, three points behind on back. So you've got to, you've got to uh, respect the judgment. Now, three points behind Dundalk. That's a pretty salient point that you've just brought up there. Uh, reading Dermot Keeley this week in the Suns um, League of Ireland supplement, he says, Kenny Shields claims that Derry City are aiming for third place even though they are currently second in the Premier Division. It was a nice sound bite, but do not think for one second that Kenny believes what he is saying. The Derry boss is hardly peddling the same line to his players. Instead, I'm sure he's pointing out exactly why the league can be won Dundalk are going to be playing twice a week for the rest of the season because of their European and domestic commitments. They do not have the biggest squad in the world anyway and balancing Europe with the league will be tough. So Keeley's point is Derry are title contenders. Do you agree with oh, that, that? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's the usual manager speaking, you know, trying to take the pressure off. Like every week Kenny is coming out and saying I've got three or four injuries and then you look at the team sheet and everybody's playing. You know, so it's, it's you, you know that that's the way managers talk. They don't they don't want to put any extra pressure on them. Like I still think Dundalk are miles ahead at the moment of the ice. I still think that Dundalk um, play the half their ability to win the league. You know, I don't think they, I think they are punching well above their weight. And I think even for Cork, I think Cork will probably be looking at the situation, they've played games in Hannah Derry as well. I don't think Cork will ever get a better chance to win the league than they will this year because of Dundalk's situation. So, you have three clubs there, you know, Dundalk trying to hold on to their, their titles and the two teams behind them chasing them. So, you know, Kenny Shields can say all at once, but for anybody that's involved in football, if you're a player, you'll, you'll be feeling three points behind, we have a chance of winning the league here. What exactly has Kenny done in Derry around the club? I know at the start of the season he even offered personally to bring season tickets to fans if they weren't able to turn up in the Brandywell and collect them. He seems to have brought a, a proper community aspect to the club that has brought the crowds back. Well, to be quite honest, he hasn't really brought the crowd back. That's the thing about it. The clubs, okay. the, the team's doing really well. You know, Derry are still hitting a thousand, the fifteen. There was only fifteen hundred, like you know, at the um, the local. Court match, you know, second versus third in the league. You know, there was no extra. But but but, but Kenny has done. He's try, he, he really is trying to instill that community thing that, that went missing for a long time with a day. Um, he, as I say, he works. He works so hard at everything. You know, from the youth. He's at all the youth team games. He's at. He's at, which I think the last three managers of the ice said he never even seen a reserve team playing. Um, he's at all the training sessions. There's a satellite uh, program set up here now. Up in Derry, he's at that every week, and he takes a session. So the young players are seeing that the the manager at the you know at the top of the club here taking them for training. They see you know hold on, this is, this is important. They everybody involved. So and the players see that as well, and the players see the hard work that he puts on. And when they see a manager working as hard as he does, then there's no reason why they can't do the same. 
couple of questions before you go, Liam. Are you able to enjoy watching Derry play? Um, or is it still very much a case that it causes you stress like it did when you were very much involved with the club? I know technically you've taken a step back, but do you ever really take a step back when you're that tied to it? Well, when you can't, I, 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 um, I do the, the comedy for BBC Radio Foil up here every Friday, you know, at the home games, or and the odd away game as well too, so I'm still right, right in amongst the fans, you know, and and every week, you know, it's, it's it's just constant all the time. You know, I I, I can't go anywhere without somebody mentioning football to me about the Irish city. This, you know, you, and do you like that, or is it a case that sometimes that's okay, but other times you just kind of don't want to talk about it? Um, it, it all depends what kind of mood I'm in. You know, I'll, I'll talk I'll talk to people. You know, uh, you know that's what they want to hear. But at, at times, you know, you, you know yourself. What, what ex players are. You know, you, you must play them, and it's, it's, it is hard. They, they, they talk about it because you always feel as if you know, I, I don't want to be talking about myself as much as as the, the players coming through. You know, like you know what I mean. People say to you all the time about it, and I'll be like, oh, well, I don't really want to talk about me anymore or things like that. But yeah. up here, because there's only one team in the city, it's just constant all the time. So you're never you're never fully away from it. Yeah, I kind of get that having lived in Cork and being a Cork City follower, I know exactly what you mean. Um, Daniel, the cup draw today pits Wexford against Derry. Yeah, and I suppose, Liam, I suppose we'll take this back full circle to where we started with your exploits in the cup. One, uh, the, the, the draw this morning for Wexford, they were the last two teams out. As it, the, the draw against Wexford, Derry were the last team out of the draw. Geographically, obviously, it, it's, it's not the most favourable of ties for Kenny Shields' team, but uh, there is a very good chance of getting through to the last four there for Derry. Well, that's, uh, I was just talking to somebody about that earlier on. I think logistically it's, it's a bit of a nightmare for them because I think the following week they're down here as well in the league. And uh, But if you were had been hand-picking any of the teams out, you know, Wexford would have been one of your, your teams you'd have been looking for. But when you look at the, the, the rest of the draw, like whoever you get, you're going to get one of the top four teams in the semi-final. So it doesn't really matter, like you know, because everybody sort of avoided it. Each other and the likes of Bumbach, Cork, Derry, Shamrock Rovers, Pats, Bulls still there, or sorry, uh, Pats still there. So, you know, it's still going to be a hard competition they won. Liam, just before we let you go, um, Finn Harp's obviously an old club of yours as well. Sadly, there was one time you had to score against them to keep your own team up. That was Derry. That's understandable. That's what you had to do. But I presume you'd like to see them stay in the first or st- stay in the top division as well. Uh, oh, absolutely. I think it's. it's for Hearts, I think they they they, they had a really good middle part. They, they had a good start. They did there, and they had a bit of a dip, and then they they, they steadied themselves. But they find themselves in a bit of a, a low at the moment, and they're and they're struggling. They're, they're struggling to keep uh, clean sheets and struggling to score goals. So I think um, for Derry, it's 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 so important that they stay in because it's a, the local derby. It's a big game. It's a big crowd every season. And obviously we we the old mother up there, uh, Paul Hegarty as well too. Now I'm, I'm hoping they really do stay up there because, you know, as as much as we we hate each other, you know, it's and the and the slagging gets a bit too much at times. Yeah, I think both clubs need each other. Yeah, well, I was just about to say you hate each other because you know that you need each other, and that's perfect. We need okay. each other. That's, that's, that's exactly right. And I don't mean that in a bad way that we hate it. We 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 just don't yeah. like getting bit with one another, you know what I mean, when we play each other, but I think it's, uh, I think both clubs really need each other at this moment in time because Gates, Gates are really poor up around here at the moment and it's probably the biggest game of the season for both clubs. Yeah. 
Liam Coyle, it's been a pleasure talking to you on News Talk's SSE Electricity League podcast. Looking forward to uh, hearing you on BBC Radio Foil and maybe meeting you somewhere along the road uh, at some stage this season. Maybe, no the Aviva, maybe the Aviva Stadium for the Cup Final. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> what a thoroughly good guy, Liam Coyle. Obviously, I'd seen him play and I was aware of the legend, but up until today, I'd never spoken to him. Wasn't disappointed by him. No, brilliant interview. Seems to be a man who uh, is a legend on and off the field in Derry. Yeah. And it's also great. I liked how he said that Kenny Shields has taken a leaf out of the GA manager's handbook. A lot of these players seem to be injured, but then come Friday night or Sunday afternoon, they're magically there again, ready to take to the field. Changes in the programme. <laughs> Wearing number 26, playing midfield. Doesn't matter what sport it is, things will never change. No, things will never change. Um, by the way, thanks to Drive 105 for the clip of uh, Kenny Shields, our friends in Derry. And BBC Radio Foil are also our friends in Derry. Can't we love you both? It's, there's enough love from Newstalk to go around to both stations. What's coming up uh, this week, fixtures-wise, uh, Plenty of fixtures. I'll start off on Friday night in the Premier Division. St. Pat's are at home to Bowles. Cork take on Longford in the, uh, from the bright lights of Warsaw to Ferry Carrick Park. Uh, Dundalk take on Wexford Dutes and Finn Harps take on Shamrock Rovers in Finn Park the first division two games on Friday night both 7.45 it's, it's at Lone against Cabin Teeley and Waterford against Drogheda Saturday it's Bray against Derry in the Carlisle Grounds Slug Rovers take on Gull in the Showgrounds in the first division it is Cove against Shelburne and Sunday evening UCD against Limerick in the first division also because we're not back till next Wednesday the European teams are now starting to get the backlog of games so in the Premier Division it's Cork against Bray and Shamrock Rovers take on Derry and in the FAI Cup third round it is Crumlin against Adok with the winners taking on UCD and last but not least Monday Leinster Senior Cup final Bulls against Wexford Dutes and Richie's back next week is, does that mean that's I'm, down as a fixture? Is it? Does that mean I'm gone again? No, yeah. I think there should be an interim period. Actually, a bit like when winter football went into summer football. I think you should stay for the next week, and the three of us will do the podcast. Really? Because after that, that could get messy. I'm away. By the way, have you? Uh, can you hook me up with tickets from any of those games? Uh, yeah, I can. There should be, I'd say, tickets available to most of those games at okay. the at the gate. I think Richie made some connections in Brazil. Did he? So yeah, we'll be okay. do we know if he's back yet? I think he is back on the landmass, but. Given that he worked 23 and a half hours a day over the last three weeks, he's yeah. probably going to take a few days off. And it was probably a bit busier than he had originally expected it to be. Yeah, it kind of mushroomed, yeah. I think it's fair to say. The last week was just a little bit a little bit out there. Yeah, I, I think it's probably the most bizarre month or so in Richie's life. Anyway, he's back next week. And Hopefully, Richie's seen things. Richie would never, ever cut across me when I was saying a sentence. Sorry. You just... I mean, you're doing your learn. best. I have a lot to learn. You're doing your best, but like he's Princess Di and you're Camilla, and that's just the way it's always <laughs> going to be. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm Oshin Langan. You can catch me on at Oshin Langan, and you can get Dan on Ismisha Dan uh, Ismisha or Daniel. his alternative address. I just want to be the queen of people's hearts. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye bye.